0: Sugars, we got a new show with Jax Anderson. We're talking, who's also a fellow therapist. I was surprised by this episode actually because I think Jax has a different way of talking about bullying, which is something that's such a hot topic right now. And um, I just think she takes kind of an unconventional and re- kind of rational, reasonable approach, honestly, to that. When she said it, I was like, huh, never really thought of it that way, but she is right. So, I hope you enjoy this episode she's super fun also too we talk about bullying not so much just as kids but also bullying with adults and like ways to combat that at work which i think is helpful because that shit happens all the time i've seen it i've been a part of it but anyway sugars we are keeping on keeping on i hope the years i can't believe we're already almost in april or i guess we are april now i don't know even what day it is i think it's still march but sugars I hope you enjoy it i love you and here it is a new dear maddie with jack Anderson. <laughs> Oh, good. We're recording. What, what? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dear Maddie Show. It's happening today. We're doing things, and I barely made it, but thank God Jax Anderson is here <laughs> with me to um, to guide me through it. Jax, thank you. Got you through it. <laughs> <Enjoy. Trap day. laughs> Jack Anderson, thank you for being here. Thank you,
1: Maddie. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and for my listeners, we were supposed to start like, like 10 minutes before, and i I forgot my boyfriend's out of town, and I never take out the trash, and I had to go do that, so um you know, hashtag# life it gets in the way.
1: yeah um,
0: so now for we're gonna y'all get ready we're gonna be I've been like this last like episodes of Dear Maddie. It's been nice. we were like doing some hashtag truth talk, like digging deep, so I like it, I like it, I, I don't know, I guess the spring is like unearthing my desire to I don't know help people. Find some uh perspective or renewal in your life. But we actually met through a therapist friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: We met we through did. Colleen Mullen.
1: We did. Colleen
0: is so I think she's like when you meet her, she seems she's very intelligent, she's very put together, mm-hmm. she's and almost and she's funny, but she's also there's like this calmness about her. Mm-hmm. But you get a glass of wine in that girl? And she is fun. <laughs> I, mean, she, I mean, she's fun to get, but i mean like, she just says things that surprise you. You're like, girl, you lived a life.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to get a glass of wine in her. I get to hang out with her in Philly at Podcast Movement. So I'm excited oh, about
0: that. You'll get to hang out with me because I'll be there too. Awesome. Yes, good. <laughs> so how do you know Colleen? I know so, Colleen. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. I should also say for everybody. Jack Sanderson is a therapist as well. So we're yes. we're wel- welcome to the Well, but we're gonna talk about what kind of therapist you are. For, but sure. let's how do you know Colleen real quick?
1: I know Colleen. I met Colleen on social media. So we're in a group together that is by Ernesto. And I never can say his last name, but he started this group. He owns filmit.com about how okay. to be authentic and real on social media. And Colleen is in that group. So we're just posting videos. We got to know each other that way.
0: Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Now, okay. So talk a little bit about your journey as a, because you call yourself a psychotherapist. And, when, mm-hmm. and for y'all that are listening, when I say psycho, it's like P-S-Y-K-O. Yes. So, Tell everybody what you mean by psychotherapist.
1: So I started branding myself or calling myself the psychotherapist, putting a space between psycho and therapist because of the whole mental health stigma. I don't, I, I, I always look at things from a unique perspective and I've always been told I beat to the rhythm of my own drum. So I decided just to embrace it. But when I look at the mental health stigma of the word psycho and how it has become such a negative connotation and used to offend people, I decided instead of fighting against that, instead of creating all these awareness groups and, you know, uh, anti, you know, psycho walks or whatever, I decided I was going to embrace the term and redefine it. And as a mental health therapist, what better way to do that than to brand myself as the psychotherapist and redefine that word for people. So now
0: I love I love this because it's I love when we reclaim words, because especially because mm-hmm. I'm a narrative therapist. So I'm mm-hmm. all into like words and language. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, so how did, back it up a little, like, well, sugar, where, I need to know, where are you from? Where are you from? How did you get to this journey of kind of (laughs) therapy?
1: So I'm from Wisconsin and I tried to escape about five times and I kept coming back. I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> mostly probably because family's here. That's pretty much the only reason why. But I've tried to escape to a couple Southern states. I did try to escape to Colorado once and I just kept coming back. So I find my home in Wisconsin in a town South of Green Bay because everybody knows where Green Bay is because of the Packers. Mm-hmm. And I came into being a therapist, oddly enough, through the criminal justice system. I was a correctional officer. <laughs>
0: What you mean? You're like the outfit? <laughs> like what? Yes, yes, I was. I was a jailer. <laughs> How long did you do that?
1: Oh, just under five years. I did that. That's. I, I thought that's like that it has do. to be
0: a very hard job. And it has a high turnover rate.
1: Yes, it was a very hard job, you know, and I kudos to all the people that can do it and have done it for so many years and continue to do it because we obviously need those people. And I think correctional officers Mm -hmm. don't get as much, uh, you know, pat on the back as other officers do. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so kudos to the people that can do it. I just I couldn't anymore. (laughs) It is tough.
0: Wow. And um, did you ever fear for your safety?
1: No, I never feared for my safety as much as I feared, like getting urine thrown at me or oh. you know <laughs> things
0: like that. Were you with men or women? Because I mean, I would it think of co-ed. being a woman,
1: yeah. But still,
0: was, with you, like, there's a lot of harassment from male.
1: Yeah, there's harassment from the male inmates. Really, I I would have I found myself I would prefer to deal with the male inmates than the female inmates because the female inmates. When they fight, they fight hard and they fight dirty, and they hold a grudge. <laughs> the male inmates kind of just fight it out, and then it's over.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, and we'll move on to other stuff. But I'm interested yeah. in that. That's such a rare experience. Uh, what, what kind of, um, what did you think that being that that not a large large percentage of people in our country are that close mm-hmm. to our criminal justice system. Sorry, I just saw 13th like a month ago. So it's all still <laughs> kind of in, in my mind a little bit. But like what um, what did that do for you as far as, what do you feel like you either learned or did that open up a different type of empathy that you didn't have before?
1: Yeah, well, it. I saw a lot of young people being incarcerated and I saw a lot of trauma. And mm. it, I've always had a very strong empathetic sense about myself. So I always wanted to know, you know, not necessarily what people did to end up in jail, but I wanted to know their story. How did they come to be? And so I would find myself talking to people often and just curious Mm -hmm. about their story. And uh, But I learned one of the greatest gifts that job gave me was learning how to be assertive and stand in my truth and stick up for myself. And that is probably the greatest, you know, gift and lesson and experience and opportunity to behave that way. And, and I've taken that with me into my future for sure. But it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting job. And then I started getting, uh, they trained me in the juvenile detention unit and that's when I fell in love with teenagers.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really talk about it's, uh, I once interviewed for a job that wasn't, it wasn't a correction. It was like a level 12. So I think that's like the next step would be, they would have to go to correctional, but still (laughs) it's so as a therapist, you know, you think you're well-trained. And I realized that, um, at the time I was, I just touched the iceberg. I really hadn't been trained in trauma at all because trauma Mm was so prevalent. Um, so, yeah, that definitely, yeah, my, yeah, it breaks your heart. Um, mm-hmm. So, in talk, well, speaking of juvenile, like, you've kind of taken on this mission of of bullying.
1: Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that's
0: a lot of your work. So, mm-hmm. can, so kind of how did that come about, right. too, as far as wanting to, you know, really focus a lot of your work on that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I was bullied. I was bullied incessantly in elementary school, middle school, and even into high school. Although towards the end of high school, it wasn't as much. I think kids, you know, we grow up. But um, Mm -hmm. so I was bullied a lot. And I I see it, you know, bullying is timeless. It's kind of like one of those things that, you know, I I don't know, as long as we gather in groups, is it really ever going to go away? And um, I started getting frustrated with, always seeing so much anti-bullying, stop bullying uh movements and not that there's anything against those movements i think they're wonderful for educational purposes and spreading awareness but i thought man it would so it would be so much more beneficial for kids if they were taught how to manage a bully instead of being told to ignore them or being told to walk away or tell an adult because mm-hmm. those things really don't work you know a bully I- ignoring a bully really doesn't work so I Mm -hmm. decided to come up with a way, a unique way that, you know, kids, teenagers could use to actually manage a bully and get their power back.
0: Again, that's interesting. So funny how you, at the correctional field, you said you learned to stand up for yourself and then literally Mm -hmm. that led you into your work of helping people stand up for themselves. Correct. (laughs) works so, out it all works out, so all works out. <laughs> The universe knows what it's doing <laughs> she sure does she sure <laughs> does so because um, I want so with um, I've done a lot of work with you myself too so I'm very passionate mm-hmm. about this this mm-hmm. topic too So with um, so talk a little bit about because your method's called sarcasm and confusion right yes sarcasm correct. and confusion right <laughs> So correct. I got confused. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, perfect. Talk to it me. works. <laughs> perfect. Talk to me a little bit about that, please.
1: So, basically what it is, it's very it's very simple and it's I always tell kids when I teach them this. I say, "Listen, I'm going to give you a very powerful tool here, tool here, and you can take this sarcasm tool and You know, put it in your toolbox and you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. I suggest (laughs) that you use it for good. Don't become a bully using this because you easily could. But what I tell kids is a simple, sarcastic response to anything a bully says. So no no matter what the bully is going to say to you, even if it doesn't make sense, respond with a sarcastic, you're welcome two words. You don't have to worry about forgetting them. You don't have to worry about not knowing what to say. Just remember, you're welcome, said sarcastically to anything a bully says. will confuse that bully because here's the thing. A bully prepares for an attack. They don't prepare for a battle. So when a bully comes at its target, the, the bully is basically just wanting to what? Like basically suck the energy right from their target, right? They want to feel better mm-hmm. about themselves. So they target somebody who appears vulnerable or who they've bullied in the past. So mm-hmm. they go to them and they get what they want by that person feeling bad, crying, walking away, hanging their head, whatever it is, the bully feels better about themselves and they walk away now that they're fully recharged again. But bullies don't prepare for a battle. So typically what you see is when a target comes back at their bully with, you know, something, a bully doesn't really know how to respond. So if you make it sarcastic and you make it really confusing, a bully will likely not know how to respond. And they'll either, you know, pretty much like mimic what you just said, or they'll, you know, kind of whatever and walk away. But eventually, if you do that enough times, the bully will stop bullying you. They'll move on to somebody else because they're not getting what they need.
0: And so it's the whole thing of like, I think why people say, if I'm understanding correctly, like people say, don't pay attention to someone because they're like, they just want the attention. Mm-hmm. But not paying attention to them a lot of times doesn't work. So this is a way of, quote unquote, acknowledging what they're saying. But, but another level of not only acknowledging, but acknowledging that it doesn't, Uh, Or at least letting them think that it has no power over you.
1: Right. You have no power over me anymore. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to assert myself to you. And you don't own me anymore. You're not going to take what you need from me anymore. And you can do that
0: with a sarcastic, you're welcome. (laughs) So how do you, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, because I actually really think this is useful because I agree with you. I think a lot of times, sometimes in, in bullying situations, people can get a little too, um, I think can be a little too precious of like, let's all come together. Let's come to And sometimes mm-hmm. that just hasn't, the, I remember I used to run a, um, I used to run a, or not run. I used to volunteer for a Trevor project, which is a suicide mm-hmm. helpline for LGBTQ youth. So <laughs> a lot of bullying in those phone calls. Yeah. Um, but what do you tell someone who is, you know, in the middle of Utah, and has no support and is being bullied that the, the whole let's come together and support, like they don't have the community to support them. So mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of someone in this situation, this could be a great strategy for mm-hmm. someone definitely that is feeling that doesn't feel like they have any social support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really do kind of have to, uh, you know, I, I empower themselves and stand up for themselves. So, I'm on board. That that said, though, what I feel like some I could hear some parents saying, well, I'm afraid that much this would develop in like a physical or altercation or something. So how do you mitigate navigate when you talk to kids about like, standing up for yourself and being sarcastic, but then also not engaging so much that you end up getting into like a physical fight with a bully?
1: Right? Well, I mean, we just we talk about that. You know, I always talk about Safety first, you know, if you think that um, saying you're welcome is going to, you know, cause your bully to punch you in the face, which has never happened with anybody that Mm -hmm. I've taught this to, (laughs) but um, safety first, I mean, don't do it one on one in the locker room with a bully, like, you know, maybe be smart and cautious about where you choose to respond with sarcasm, if that's the case, if you're worried about your safety, do it in Mm -hmm. public. Where if the bully mm-hmm. does attack you there's witnesses. Um, also, I tell people if a bully hits you, hit him back. the, the physical violence yeah. you need to defend yourself if if somebody's hitting you, go ahead, I give them permission to hit them back um,
0: yeah, I agree so, with that too
1: yeah, and sometimes parents will worry you know about their teen parents always worry about their teenager if they're being bullied and they they want to fix it they want to stop it and you know I think that sarcasm using your welcome in a sarcastic manner to respond to a bully is so confusing, especially if the bully is saying something like, um, where'd you get your clothes today? Goodwill. And you look at the bully and you say, you're welcome. It's so confusing that I think that they don't even really think to hit that person. I think they're instantly put on this, like what (laughs) kind of frame of mind that, you know, it's maybe abort mission, abort mission. I need to get out of here. (laughs) No, I I think, (laughs) yeah,
0: that's what I think is so smart about it because it's like, it almost, it's literally like, you know, when you meet a bear in the woods, it's that you don't (laughs) want to engage with them. You know what I mean? You want them to be either bored or confused and walk away. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. It seems so similar to me in this. So when, so in talking about, I don't know, I don't think. I don't know. I cuss a lot on this show. So hopefully not a lot it's of okay. teens are listening, to it, although not that they care. But yeah. the, what gonna, the joke I'm making is, though, it's a, a, a lot of parents are listening to this show. So mm-hmm. what kind of conversations or techniques do you have for, for parents that are either explaining this or just have a child that's being bullied, ways that they can just support their child?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I have some videos that I've done and I post them on my website as examples of how to use
0: your welcome to uh, com, y'all we're going to put that in the show <laughs> link com. <psychoparapist.com. laughs> anyway, go ahead, go ahead Jess.
1: Yep. yep, so there's videos there and then I do, you know, on my social media I'll talk about it live and I do other videos about it as well that I post on social media, but mainly what I the, the two important points I like to help tell parents is, you know, number one, if your child is 10 or under, sarcasm is hard for those kids to understand. The brain really, that part of the brain that understands sarcasm really isn't coming online until after 10 years of age. So be careful with that. Like some youngsters can understand it, and they're really good at it. But it's not general yet. So really wait, this is something for tweens and teens. Um, The second thing that I tell parents is, you know, most people understand sarcasm and understand what it is. And so here you have an opportunity to teach your child how to use sarcasm in a positive manner, rather than sarcasm becoming such a negative, passive aggressive means of communication, which Oftentimes we end up using as teenagers. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, parents of teens have noticed that by now. <laughs> so now you have an opportunity to actually sit and communicate with your teenager and use, you know, role play some funny, sarcastic, you know, responses. If you don't like your welcome, you can use thank you. Or, you know, if you're really quick witted, you can sarcastically say the first thing that comes to your mind. But sitting and role playing with your teenagers, is, is huge for parents as far as growing their relationship Mm. and communicating and knowing what's going on in their teen's life.
0: Well, you know, there's also this, I mean, it just is, it's this way of, I know like for myself, the way I combated bullying so much, um, which I wasn't horribly bullied like some people are, but still, I think one reason I wasn't horribly bullied is because my family is just a funny, humorous family. Mm-hmm. So I immediately would use humor mm-hmm. to come back and, and, and make people laugh. And so not laugh at me. I just would make them laugh. And so mm-hmm. I think that that was something that, I mean, that's how you listen to a lot of comedians where they got their start doing stand-up. And it literally was in middle school, practically. <laughs> so uh, because that's the way to, but I do think that it's, sure. um it's, it can be such a powerful tool. And I feel like, you know, sarcasm and humor, sometimes we don't know what's what. And so it's, I think it's definitely kind of in the same vein of that. And there's Mm -hmm. like a, what I think is, is interesting, what you're doing is with this bullying component is, especially now I feel like, and I understand, I get it because parents see that kids become suicidal and things like that. And that's not the majority of kids, but they see Mm -hmm. those stories. And then they, they're like, Oh, my kid's going to be bullied. and want to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. So they, they really helicopter in. And Mm -hmm. it's like, so, and not that parents shouldn't be involved and they should be involved in bullying. But when it comes down to it, when a child is alone at school in the hallway, you know, the principal has got things that, that he or she's doing that's going on. Teachers are trying. Our God, teachers are already so overworked and underpaid anyway. So it's like I do feel like ba- it does come down to often the responsibility lies in the hands. Sadly, but the, if we're mm-hmm. looking at this realistically, does lie in the hands of the the child that's bullying, being bullied. Do mm-hmm. you find that as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: because the administration or the teachers and like you said they're so overworked and they can't see it all. I mean kids are so good at doing this stuff where teachers or administration. Yes, they're like little ninjas when it you're right, like they just they they do it when it's not seen. So, you know, and then when it when it is reported because oftentimes kids won't report, you know, snitches get stitches. So when they when they do report it, you know, the teachers or the administration have their bullying policies that were handed down to them from whoever and mm-hmm. you know, they have to follow the policy which often involves having a meeting with the bully and the target of the bully, which does not make the situation better. Or it's communicated ignore the bully, you know, tell an adult, but those things don't necessarily work because like you said, they're ninjas. So What are we communicating to teenagers or targets of bullies that they can actually, something that they can actually put in their toolbox, that they can actually empower themselves with to manage that bully on their own? This is something that I just found that works and that I can give these kids rather than telling them to keep reporting it, making sure you tell an adult, ignore it. Now, I always tell kids, like, I think it's a good idea if you're being bullied that some adult knows, whether it's your parent, a counselor, a teacher, somebody who's over 18 or an authority figure knows that it's happening. That's a, I think that's good, but you know, here's something that might work for you and let's practice it. And then we practice it in my office or if I'm doing online counseling, we'll do a Skype session or whatever, and we'll practice it. And Then they go off and use it. And usually, (laughs) usually kids will come back. It's so important. It's especially when you're using sarcasm. I mean, you really, really, you know, understand. And and it's anxiety provoking these targets of bullies. You know, they come in and they're super anxious. So to role play it it normalizes it for them. It helps them understand what, you know, so it becomes almost robotic when they have to Mm -hmm. do it in the real situation. But they usually end up calling me up like, "Jax, oh my gosh, it totally worked!" I'm like, "I know,
0: (laughs) that's awesome." Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Now, so for people on the, so I know you said videos. Do they? Do you have any videos uh, or other resources for? Because I think some people might be listening to this and they're like, "How do I even role play this?" Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. What the videos so, are on my
1: website. There's a page called Sarcasm and Confusion on my website. And then you just go there and read all about it. And there's some videos uh, on that page. And anybody can also just, you know, ask me questions, send me an email or ask me a question. But, and I periodically will go live on Facebook or post a video on Facebook uh, talking about it as well.
0: Okay. And I'll put all of these links for everybody um, for everybody listening. I'll put mm-hmm. all these links. Here. So So what do you feel about so does I know there are folks familiar with teens, but like I just did you see the video that went viral like two weeks ago where the man at like a student government thing confronted his bully?
1: Mm, yes, the adult man and then the The, the, he was the superintendent.
0: Yeah, and this and so, for people that are, uh, that haven't seen that, that, and Jax, jump in if I'm, if I'm fucking up and explaining it wrong. <laughs> sure. Um, but basically, this man, they were talking about bullying at school, and the man started ta- telling this story about how he, like, his face was put into a urinal and, mm-hmm. like, he was picked on, like, really just, um, horrible, horrible bullying. Yeah. And, yes. um, and, he was telling the story, and then at the end of the story, he was talking to the school board, and then at the end of the story, he looked at the superintendent and said, and I don't know what his name was, Jim or something, he said, and Jim, you're the one that put, that put my head in the urinal and bullied mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. he kind of like mic dropped and walked away. Yep. And the guy, the superintendent was so kind of like, no. He was such a dick about it. He was still yes. like such a bully. So the reason I bring this up is – Well, this brings up two questions for me. A, I want to talk about um, what does sarcasm work with physical bullying as well? And then B, I want to talk about like bullying in adults, like workplace bullying. Mm -hmm. How does it work as well? So the first of that Mm -hmm. two-parter. So what if, again, I think it's much more about getting an adult involved, but what do you say for your kids that there's like physicality being brought into bullying?
1: Yeah, well, when there's physicality, I definitely talk to them about reporting that talking to an adult, we I talk about, you know, uh, disorderly conduct, harassment, those sorts of things that you can get a restraining order if you know, this needs to be reported, because who else is this happening to? Uh, But I also talk about fighting back, Uh, using sarcasm, if a bully is just going to come up to you and grab you and put your face in a urinal. There's there's no chance to really use sarcasm. There, this bully is you know essentially just wanting to pound on this target. So there's probably not even going to be you know maybe even a warning. It's just going to happen. You know pushed in the hallway or uh, shoved down the steps or books knocked out of their hands. You know those are things I think that definitely need to be reported um, and hopefully. Caught on camera, but again, teenagers can be you know little ninjas and do mm-hmm. it you know like in the locker room bathroom. Um, yeah. So I definitely you know and and it also comes down to you know as a professional counselor you know man, mandatory reporting you know at a certain point if somebody's being harmed and there's something that I can do to help them with it then it comes down to I help them and mm-hmm. I make the report. And I
0: advocate for that client. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Mm -hmm. what about, so what do we, for some of my listeners that are listening, they're like, well, I'm not a kid, but my boss or my coworker is totally like, do you feel like, how does it, does sarcasm work in adults or is there, is it more nuanced or what? I know this isn't something that you talk about your website. I just kind of want to know your opinion though. Yeah.
1: Well, I've used it with other adults. Um, I was... This is so funny. Actually, I was doing a live Facebook broadcast and I was talking about this. I was talking about sarcasm and confusion. And prior to the Facebook broadcast, I thought to myself, self, I wonder if sarcasm and confusion would work with cyber bullies because cyberbullying is really a thing. Yeah. So it was just a thought I had. But then so I went live and I was just talking about sarcasm and confusion and how to use it. And then Four hours later, after I posted the broadcast, this this guy I don't even I don't know who he is. Uh, his name was Kevin. He comes on to the broadcast and he's my first commenter on this broadcast. And he says, "Yeah, you should not go live this early in the morning because you look like shit." And I was like, oh my God, universe, thank you in all your glory. (laughs) Because now I have a bully on my sarcasm and bully, like my sarcasm and confusion method to manage a bully. And I'm gonna see if cyberbully if it'll work with a cyberbully. So (laughs) what ended up happening is I basically replied to his comment and I said, You're welcome. And Maddie, I am not kidding. This is no lie, no shit. Did he comment back to me and he said, like he goes, I'm confused by your response, but good try though. And I was like, Oh my god, this is social media you're gold. Like, it's literally goes, like
0: a proof, and you put a screenshot yeah, that.
1: I did, I did. Like I then I like called in my support network of colleagues. I was like, You have to go onto my Facebook live broadcast, and you please go like comment or like it. I, this needs to get out there because obviously sarcasm and confusion works with a cyberbully as well and i'm an adult this guy was an adult and i was like proving my point and it was hilarious it was just perfect i mean he must have said he was he kept going back with me um a couple times and i just kept saying you're welcome and he he kept saying he was confused and i was like oh my god dude obviously you did not watch the video but yeah you didn't you watch so the video much. at all yeah. that's amazing yeah yeah So I do. And I've used it other times with adults too, you know, um, and it works, you know, you're well, because as long as it's confusing, as -hmm. long as it's sarcastic and it's confusing, it works. I mean, it works so well. I had t-shirts made. I have t-shirts that say, you're welcome.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I know. That's funny. Um, So yeah, you can use it. um, I'm glad I asked that story. So... um, So we do now we are going to talk about we're going to do some chatty Maddie, which are the questions of this show. But before we do that, let's talk about <laughs> She Ra
1: because
0: oh, on your website, you yes. talked about that you love She Ra.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I did not, I love She Ra as well. What mm-hmm. now, how do you feel about this new Netflix re- reboot? What? Oh, you didn't notice?
1: No. What?
0: Yes. And like they announced it. Last, when is this? I have to look online. Last December, like December of last year. I don't know when it's coming out, but Netflix is doing a reboot of Shira. Ra.
1: Oh, my
0: God. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so happy I was able to tell you this.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you for telling me. I have goosebumps. I can't. When's it coming out? You don't know yet. Oh, my God. That's um, awesome. Oh, I cannot wait!
0: I don't. Um, let's see. Oh, I
1: get to watch Shira again.
0: Kind of like googling and seeing. Oh, um,
1: this brings you know, me back to my childhood. She was like my hero.
0: So yeah, tell me because I'm a huge, I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan, like a yeah, big, very yeah. big Wonder Woman fan. Yeah. But I have to say. I loved He Man, like, loved He Man, got really into He Man. And I wanted to get into She Ra, but I couldn't because I would have gotten bullied and made fun of, actually, Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I would watch sometimes, but there was no DVRs then, there wasn't online. I'm 39, so this is Mm -hmm. so I would just have to, like, watch She Ra whenever, like, like I knew if my mom was home, she wouldn't care. But even if my dad or my brother were home, I would never watch it in front of them because mm-hmm. I was worried about getting made fun of. So mm-hmm. I excited about the reboot just to experience
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, <laughs> in a way, like to experience it for once in my life. So tell me a little bit, like, um, so like she or was she like your spirit animal or?
1: Um, she yes, I mean she. Well, when I start because my. My little brother, he watched He-Man and I got into He-Man. And then when She-Ra came out, I was just like in love because she, you know, I was bullied. I was bullied. I didn't have any friends. I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere. And so She-Ra just kind of became like my like my spirit guide, my guardian, you know? Like I would just think what would She-Ra do? Or I would, you know, like pretend I was She-Ra and I, you know, nobody could see that I was walking around with that awesome sword on my back, but it was there. And, and if you did anything to upset me, I'm going to cut you. You know, like, I mean, that's just, it, she, it gave me confidence. It gave, it empowered me. So, yeah, I love, I love She-Ra. And then I don't know if I just, if it went away or I stopped watching it as I got older. I can't remember.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we, we get older yeah. and hope that happens. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm so... That makes me so happy that you didn't know that. That's yeah. the best.
1: Oh, yes. Um, I'm so excited. I can't
0: wait to watch it. <laughs> <clears throat> well, so, okay. So let's do a little bit of Chatty Maddie. These are the same. Okay. I didn't send these to you because I like to get people's initial reactions. So oh, uh, sorry okay. for a surprise. But um, so the <laughs> same five questions I ask everybody at the end of the show. And so Chatty Maddie, number one, what is your most memorable childhood smell?
1: Cedar, my grandma's hope chest. Oh, a hope
0: chest. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh. She kept her sheets and blankets in there. Cedar still, it's my favorite smell ever in the world.
0: <laughs> I've, Mine's not cedar, but I have like a little hope chest that I keep mm-hmm. things in. But um, mm-hmm. I love, I wonder when that came about. I love that idea. I think some people don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was such a big deal, like where I'm from in the South, that people would have I just love that we have this idea that's like you put your hopes in the things you hope for, for your life, mm-hmm. that people, you I love that. Yeah. I think it's great. I love that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Chatty Maddie number two, uh, mm-hmm. what would be the name of your memoir? Unfuck Yourself. Unfuck Yourself? Unfuck Yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, <clears throat> and then maybe unfuck yourself, comma, you're welcome.
1: You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Um, and we'll, and why, why do you choose that title for you? That is, is, is that because that's something you felt like you've done for yourself?
1: I feel like I have unfucked myself. And of course, it's always, it's an unfucking in progress, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we're ever really done. But it's something that I also will, you know, it's, it's significant to me. And it's something that I will ask clients, I will ask, so how have you unfucked yourself this week? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's shocking, because it, it it you know, using that type, that word, I believe in the science of taboo language, and it interrupts people's, you know, anxiety interrupts their thought process that they're in. And when I say it, they usually look at me like, what, and then I've got my in. So then we get to the to the nitty gritty of things.
0: I 100 million percent agree with that about mm-hmm. using language to kind of interrupt things. And also what mm-hmm. I love that you're doing, um, you know, that's something I do is kind of just being a narrative therapist is, and mm-hmm. solution. Is that like I'll you know, the often the homework that I'll give to a client, I was like, I'll say, hey, just so you know, we'll talk about some stuff that they want, maybe want to what they hope for next week. but And I usually kind of take their lead, whatever they want, because you know, I believe mm-hmm. they're the expert. But the thing I often add is like, okay, I just want you to know, uh, like when we go to the next session, I just want you to uh, – the first thing we're going to talk about is something that went really well last week. And so then they <laughs> know they come to therapy already starting to look at possibilities rather than problems.
1: It's perfect.
0: Yeah. So perfect. That, and I think that's what – this the same way you're saying. How did you unfuck yourself? You're literally pre- prepping them of they, mm-hmm. they had to put themselves in that mindset of how are they empowering themselves? Because we always are, mm-hmm. but you know the problem with depression or anxiety or they these problems they almost put a blanket over our our successes and we forget them or we might not notice them. Exactly. So and yeah, you're
1: damn well going to notice them in session. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. So okay, Chatty Maddie number. Uh, three, uh, what is the best piece of advice that you wished you'd taken earlier in life? Oh, let's see.
1: The best piece of advice, I had somebody tell me, I, I can never remember who said this quote, but it's, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. And I wish I would have taken that advice earlier in my life and started my private practice sooner.
0: Mm. Mm. so
1: yeah
0: I, yeah uh I love Be bold. I love that I love that that's so yeah, true Be because it is mm-hmm. it's that whole like leap in the net well that is true it's like when you take the step that the the I mean the universe is will support you it really will
1: absolutely you just have to you just have to set the intention yeah and I've always been one to like just jump and build my wings on the way down
0: Ooh, so, I love that I love yeah, that
1: I heard that someplace too. I can't own that. But yes, that's, that's what I do. I like to do that.
0: I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. Chatty Maddie, number four, uh, what day would be your groundhog day? So what day was so good? You're like, damn, I could do that day over and over.
1: Mm. Let's see. I I think, okay. I'm definitely going to have to say when I gave birth to my daughter, um, which
0: probably I should say,
1: <laughs> but it, it definitely not, I don't want to relive that day over and you over. Know what? A lot of, of people,
0: a lot of people don't say childbirth. They'll say wedding, no. but they, they, they're right now. It's stressful putting a child into a world. So a lot of people, Oh don't my do that gosh. Actually. Yeah.
1: Well, it's painful. So I wouldn't want to relive it because of the pain, but
0: yeah.
1: that was like falling in love with her was like, I would, I would do that
0: over and over and over again. Mm. Oh, yeah. nobody's ever said yeah. that like that. That's Aww. beautiful. <laughs> uh, okay. Chatty Maddie, number five. When are you most inspired?
1: At 2am or when I'm taking a shower or driving and I can't write anything down.
0: So you're saying at the best times, the best times. The yes. Best times. Um, <laughs> Well, this was the best time. This is great. Thank you so much, Jax. I love that. Um, I think you're offering a different perspective that a lot of people don't see about bullying. And I think that is really cool. And I like that you're kind of put this so much on on social media. So for people that are in that don't live in Wisconsin can still have access to this. So
1: that's my goal.
0: And so everybody can find you where? I know they can find you at psychotherapist.com and that's Psycho, Uh B-S-Y-K-O. So where else can people, find? I'll put all this in the show links, but where else can people find you?
1: They can find me on Instagram at the psychotherapist and they can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have my personal profile page, which is Jax Anderson and my mental health clinics page, which is A Beautiful Journey, Counseling and Consulting.
0: Okay, great. And and it sounds like Facebook is a good resource too for people to have conversations with you and Yes. That is Absolutely. awesome. Uh, yeah. Jack, thank you so much for just taking time and, and this was this was great. You're really yeah. if I'm ever in Wisconsin <laughs> Don't ever come here. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's no, so cold. It is so my mother lived in Minnesota for three years. Oh, so she yes. got a, okay. Because I'm originally from Oklahoma and Texas, but she got a job from us, so she moved to St. Paul for three years. It was so cold in the winters, but man, yeah. the summer's there. It's like one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful places in the country. Yeah,
1: it is. I, I say don't come here, but it is. If you come, come in the summer, late summer or fall for the colors. It's beautiful. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. the fall would be really pretty too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to take yeah. my boyfriend yeah. up there well yeah th- but
1: i'd love to hang out with you if you come up here call me up for sure <laughs> sugar
0: i'm on if you come to la we're here um i'm in <laughs> all right everybody so if you um if you've experienced this bullying going on or you just wanted to know about shira sugars i hope that we helped you today <laughs> so jack sanderson thank you so much for being here and for the rest of you you know the, the deal do something for someone this week and we'll see you next week bye
1: thank you maddie
0: So, sugars, that is it. We had a little bit of a shorter show today. I always try to make it shorter, but I fail at it. But something that I do uh, succeed at is loving you, because I love you guys. So if you have any questions, you know what to do. Go to DearMaddieShow.com. You know, also, I just realized, I never included that in the link in the show notes. So I'm going to include a link that just says Ask Maddie with the hyperlink. So if you want to ask a question right now on your phone, Sugar, well don't do it while you're driving, but just pull over and ask away and we can help you out as much as we can, because that's what we're all about. So we got more new shows coming up this week, as uh, or this month. Jay Canty and I, We're always doing TVT time, talking about some gay stuff. Sugar, things are, you know, per on a personal note. I'm starting to get some little wins. Actually, some good things are coming. I'm excited to hopefully share with y'all going to be down the road but just I just say that because I know a lot of you are working really hard and really struggling and one and you see the light at the end of the tunnel but you're still waiting for that light to shine on you and I just got a little bit of light today I just want to tell you that that you're going to get a little bit of light too it really is worth it to keep going I love y'all very much And, um, oh, leave a review on the show, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know I appreciate it. Even if you just five stars and say, I like it, I hate it, or something. And if you tell a friend, that always means the world to us because us i say this like i have a crew i don't i have me oh i started to say me and sophie but she passed away so now i just have me well boy that got sad but you know what sophie's here in spirit and she's my angel dog and she's still editing the show with me so yes you know we love it when you leave a review all right everybody i think lord i don't think i got anything else to say but i'll see you next week bye